This is KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzei Torah. Welcome back. Today's shir is dedicated. The schut of the shir should be for the Rufuashnima of Dvorah uh, Idel Bat Miriam Bacha. Schut Torah, schut Hafatzat Torah, Tamodla, Rufuashnima, Rufuat Nefesh, Rufuat Aguf, Hashta Ba'agadah, Bizman Kariv. Today is Thursday. And our share on Thursday is a share in Sefer Mishlei. We're given by Rav Shlomo Dov Rosen. Welcome back to our Shiorim on Mishlei. This is the 11th Shior, and in this Shior we hope to study the majority of the second half of the 8th chapter of Mishlei. This includes some of the most philosophical parts of Mishlei, or at least philosophical in the sense that over the ages, the philosophical thinkers, the more rationalist thinkers, have developed quite a bit, these psukim. We should be aiming for a very literary reading, taking a particular interest in the philosophical concepts, but trying to read it through as a piece of literature, trying to bring out philosophical ideas. And therefore we shall be reading these psukim in context, and perhaps some of the ideas that are so famously known here will become clearer to us in consequence. So we are in the 8th chapter and we should be starting with Pasuk Yud Bet, the 12th verse Ani Chochma Shachanti Orma Ani Chochma Shachanti Orma V'da'at Mezimot Emtza I am wisdom. Wisdom is speaking. I am wisdom. I dwell in sophistication, prudence, the dat mezimot emsa, and the knowledge of planning, practical planning, I therefore find. Yirat Adonai Sanotra, Gea Vigaon, Vidrchra, Ufi Tapuchot Saneti. Fear of God hates evil. Pride and bad ways I hate. Li etzavetushia anivina likvura. To me, our understanding, I am understanding. I have strength. In me, kings reign, and princes decide laws. And so nobles control society and judge. Ani ohavai ehav umeshacharai yimtza unani. I love those who love me, and those who look for me early find me. Osher v'chavoditi hon atek utzedaka. Wealth and honor is with me, and goodness. Tov piriim mecharutu mipazu tvoati mikesef nivchar. My fruit is more meaningful than gold and that which can be gained through me my produce is more chosen than silver I go in the ways of justice and fairness in order to give as an inheritance to those that love me something which really exists and their storehouses I shall fill up. 
Now, this is the first half of the piece we would like to be studying today. Let's analyse this. It could be that this is a separate poem. It's important to note the opening of this piece. I am wisdom. It is wisdom that is speaking. And some of the ideas that are meaningful here, noticeable here, are meaningful exactly because it's wisdom that is saying them. And in certain ways this is a con complete continuation of the poem we studied last time. In the poem we studied last time, evil is set up against wisdom. Evil is set up against wisdom as opposed to what we are used to, where evil is set up against good. Here, evil is set up against wisdom. And the idea in Mishle, in any other places, and particularly in the piece that we read last time, seems to be to say, people usually misunderstand. They think that evil is an existence which stands up against good. And they are both equally sensible, equally consistent, equally practical. But really, evil is a form of destruction of one's life. And any serious form of intelligence should throw out evil. It isn't practical. It isn't going to develop your creative impulses at all. And the drive for good should simply be a drive for chokhmah, for wisdom. And there's quite a bit in the first nine chapters of Mishle, which is a separate piece, which we've been studying, there's quite a bit in the first nine chapters talking about the centrality of wisdom in the sense that wisdom is good. Not because they're the same thing, but because the drive for good will be achieved through an appreciation of what wisdom is all about. Wisdom, of course, with a very strong moral and spiritual taint. In our culture, that's exactly what perhaps is missing. These ideas also continue throughout Mishlei, particularly the first few chapters after the beginning of the second book, which is the tenth chapter. Okay, now let's get into, into these Pesukim one by one and note how this is being developed further. Ani shachanti mezimot I am wisdom. Wisdom is speaking. I dwell in sophistication, in prudence. Orma usually has a negative connotation, but in Mishlei it doesn't. It's the petty that needs Orma, we see already. V'da'at mezimot emtza. And the knowledge of practical planning I find, I find because I dwell in sophistication. The reason why things work out is because wisdom says that is its nature to always be looking at things in a sophisticated, sensible way. And now we have a comparison. Pasukyud Gimel stands up against Pasukyud Dalit. Pasukyud Gimel speaks about Yirat Hashem. Pasukyud Dalit is Li Eitzah. To me, who is me? Wisdom. So wisdom says something about fear of God and then it parallels it, mirrors it, with something about itself. Yir'at... Sorry, I'd like to correct that. The second half of Pasukut Gimel, Ge'av Ga'on, is the parallel of wisdom. It'll become clear in a second. That was a mistake. Yir'at Adonai Sanot Ra, Ge'av Ga'on B'decha Ofita Puchot Saneti. The mirror is not between the Gimel Yodah that I mistakenly said just now. The mirror is between the first half and the second half of Pasuk Yod Gimel. Yirat Hashem Senotra. Fear of God is to hate evil. If you fear God, you hate evil. If you are good, 
You stand up against bad. That is the dichotomy we are used to. However, there is a version of that dichotomy which is deeply ingrained in the very concept of wisdom. But there's a slight change in it. Fear of God, religiosity, some kind of developed, established form of religious morality that hates evil. Wisdom doesn't officially hate evil, it just simply comes to the same thing. Wisdom hates pride, ignorance, arrogance. Pride and being raised up. Bad ways, impractical ways, silly, stupid ways. Mouths of turning things over, inversing things. Messing things up. Looking at things from the other side. Trying to look at things in a corrupt manner. In the intellectual sense. Those things wisdom hates. Saneti. Now, what is being done in this Pasuk with these two halves? Wisdom stands up Yirat Hashem in, as a parallel to its own desires. Fear of God hates bad. Wisdom can't automatically accept that on face value. What wisdom can do is come to the exact same conclusion in a different manner. Ge'avagaon. Pride. Arrogance. Those things wisdom hates. And those ultimately are moral evils. Derechra. A bad way. A bad way of thinking. A bad way of living. Ufita puchot. And the mouth which turns things over. An aim always to look at the other side to inverse things. To see things in an intellectually corrupt manner. Corrupted manner. Saneti, those things I hate. Who's speaking? Wisdom. So wisdom hates those ways of evil, these ways of bad, which come in practical terms to the same thing as saying evil. Moral bad. Li etzah To me is etzah, kind of practical knowledge, tushia, might be deep understanding or also practical. Those are Two different approaches in the word Tushia. We've already seen that. Anivina, I am understanding. Chochmah says, I am understanding. Remember that usually we speak about Chochmah and Bina as separate entities. However, Chochmah as a general term says, I am, under- I am understanding that which you need in order to fully appreciate what deeply is going on. You need wisdom to get to Bina. Li me strength. And this is a very important point which is developed in the next two Psukim. It's very well accepted in our culture in the West we speak about knowledge is power and to a degree that is what comes up in the next two psukim however we will see from the next poem that it's a moral version of knowledge is power it is a much more ethical version of knowledge is power and it's connected to a deep philosophical conception about the source of wisdom and the source of the world but before we get there just understand here he says ligvra to me is strength to me is power. And then the next two psukim bring that into society. With me, in me, in wisdom, kings reign. And the nobles, the princes of the monarchy, decree, decide, make statutes of justice. 
What is the difference between this Pasuk 15 and the next one 16? Bisarim yasoru unedivim kol shoftei tzedek. With me, princes control power. Unedivim kol shoftei tzedek. An adiv is like a noble within society. Somebody who kind of comes forth. Somebody who gives a lot. Somebody who gives to society. Somebody who is active in society. Kol shoftei tzedek, all those who judge justice. The end of both of these psukim is tzedek, justice. I would like to suggest, although I have no idea if this was intended when Mishle was written, but since it's with Ruach HaKodesh, we can make suggestions that perhaps are slightly more dated in our own society. I would like to suggest that the first pasuk relates to a monarchy, and the second one to something close or even identical with what we would call a democracy. Whether or not it's identical to democracy, it's much closer to what we call democracy. relates to a monarchy, a king reigning, king's reigning, and Roznim, people who are an aristocracy. The difference between a Tsar who's a prince and Roznim, you get the impression that Roznim is a form of aristocracy. That's the way it comes perhaps in Shirat Vorah perhaps. They decide justice. They make statutes, they make rules, things that cannot be dis- discussed. Constitutions. Constitutions of justice. Bisarim Yasoru, with me, instead of Melachim Yimelochu, we now Sarim Yasoru. Princes control society. You would say princes reign, but in English there isn't an equivalent word for princes reigning without saying the reigning in the sense of the monarchy. And the impression you get is these princes are not a form of the monarchy. They are something else. And a nadiv is somebody who makes himself noble, somebody who brings himself forward. Like nadava. Anyone who judges justice. In other words, in the second Pasuk, Tedzain, you have uh, an image of society which is much closer to a modern democracy where the princes, the elected, are controlling society, but it's everyone who brings himself forward to be involved and take responsibility who is able to be part of the judging of justice. I'm not saying that this necessarily was intended at the time. I think there might have been these two ideas in the mind of the author, but because it's with the Ruach HaKadosh, we can even... We can even suggest that it relates to our society as well. But there have always been various different approaches to the Iranian society, and not all of them were so monarchic, like, for example, in the earlier parts of Nevi'im. That's to say, at the time of the Shoftim. Okay, so um, I think that these two Pesukim are coming to say that both forms of society, wisdom controls, and it is through wisdom that these developments of justice are applied and therefore if you want to see how wisdom has power or how knowledge is power it is through the fact that in order to do good in society in order to bring out justice in society a lot of philosophy and thought has to go into it and these things ultimately are supposed to be that which is behind the decisions of the kings and princes of society and now the last piece of this first poem for today now move on to the second. I love those who love me and those who wake up early to me, who come to me early. 
they shall find me. Also, wealth, honor is with me, and good. Both my fruit and the produce are better than gold or silver, respectively. Now, the first three psukim that we read, Yudzayin, Yudchet, Yudtet, are psukim that basically come up with ideas we've already seen, and therefore we don't have to analyze them that much right now. However, the last two psukim that we just read are very important, Kav and Kavalev, and they become more philosophical. In the ways of justice, I shall go. Betoch nitivot mishpat in the paths, in the ways, in the paths of mishpat. Now mishpat is justice in the sense of a court of law. And tzedakah is justice in the sense of righteousness. So let's translate tzedakah as righteousness and mishpat as law. Justice in the sense of law. Betoch tzedakah alech. I go in the way, the general way, of kindness, of righteousness. Within, within the actual path of judgment, of justice. What is going on here? As we'll see in the next Pasuk, we're talking about the reward one receives for going the ways of justice and goodness. You might call that Olam And the word Yesh in the next Pasuk usually is understood to be the 310 worlds that Hashem gives to every Tzadik in Olam And therefore, is talking about how wisdom gives us our reward. Wisdom goes in the ways of tzedakah. The ways of goodness. Of righteousness. But within their particular path of justice. There has to be the two together. If a person received just through mercy... God's kindness upon him, that wouldn't be justice, it wouldn't be fair, it wouldn't make sense. And as the Ramchal develops in several of his books, particularly at the beginning of Der Hashem, and also at the beginning of Da'at Funot, there would be no value for the person for it, because he wouldn't have earned it for himself. On the other hand, the reward we get is not purely emet, it's also chesed, as we've seen before. And therefore it's a way of tzedakah, that God is being righteous to us, to help us along. In giving us our reward, Hashem goes in the ways of kindness, in the ways of righteousness, but particularly in the path of justice. It has to be fair, we have to earn it. In order to inherit, to give over to those who love me, yesh, existence, and the storehouses I shall fill up. The word yesh is one of the most perplexing words in Mishlei. It appears just here. You could claim that the ancient Greek discussion of being is ultimately brought out in this word yesh. But whatever it means, it seems to mean something like what the word yesh usually means in Hebrew. Something that you have. Something that exists. And one can understand, specifically going the direction of the next few psukim, which maybe is a new poem, that what it's trying to say is that those who love God and love wisdom get existence, real existence. Everything else that one possibly can get as a reward in the world is meaningless in comparison. It's not real existence. 
But one who is involved in wisdom and in spiritual depth gets yesh. And yesh, existence, something which is real, reality, is the greatest thing a a person possibly can get. And you get it from infinity, from God. To fill up their storehouse. In effect, you can say that the first half of the Pasuk relates to quality and the second to quantity. What is Yesh? I would point out that Chazal say in several places about how there's a difference between someone who serves God for ulterior motives or because one really cares. Because one identifies. And usually the word, at least in the Rambam and several others, that's used for Lishma ultimately is Ahava, love. Love of God and identification. Love is connected to the concept of identification and a relationship. Those who love it, in other words, those who identify it, get yesh. What they get is a spiritual existence. And spiritual existence is in the deepest sense brought out in the word yesh. Existence, real existence, reality. Because nothing else is real, nothing else lasts for eternity. L'anchil ohava yesh. Chazal say that in the Pasuk, Ma'al shamayim chastecha. God's kindness is above the heavens, as opposed to up to the heavens in another pasuk that the word above heavens the phrase term above heavens means that God's kindness to those who do things lishma out of love closeness out of identification not for ultimate emojis because they really believe in what they're doing the kindness that Hashem gives to those people is above the heavens above the heavens means beyond physical reality because it's real existence and now this is a good opening for the next poem and the next poem is perhaps the most philosophical poem in Mishlei and something which we should perhaps want to study quite in depth with the remainder of the time we would like to analyze it quite closely Adonai kanani rishit darko kedem mif'alav me'az what's that mean? Adonai kanani rishit darko kedem mif'alav me'az God acquired me set me up took me as his own, Reshit Barko, the first of his ways, Kedem Mif'alav Me'az, before his actions, from always. Me'olam nisachti merosh mikad me'aretz, from always, I was set up at the beginning, before the earth. Be'in tomot cholalti, be'in ma'ayanot michbadei ma'im, before there were the depths, I was born. When there weren't springs, heavy of waters. Before the mountains, the hills, had been created and oppressed. Before the mountainous areas, I was born. Before he made the earth, the outside areas, and the beginning of the earthly dust when he prepared the heavens there I was when he turned a compass upon the face of the depths when he strengthened the skies above when he strengthened the springs of the depths when he set the sea its limits 
and the water does not go beyond what his mouth said when he put the laws of the foundations of the earth and I was to him a nurse and I was a plaything daily playing before him all the time playing in his earthly world and my pleasantness as a plaything for human beings there's a lot here and philosophers do a lot with it let's analyze it stage by stage and try to see what's going on God acquired me the beginning of his ways before the things he did from always from always Hashem Kanani Reshit part of what's interesting is that we talk about Hashem not just in creating but in acquiring in other words in having something truly and if we look into Bereshit Malkit Tzedek who met with Avram Avinu is Kohen Lekel Elyon and he speaks about Avram as being Baruch Tukel Elyon Kone Shamayim Va'aretz that part of the job of Avraham Avinu at the beginning of Judaism is to make the God of above be Kone Shamayim Va'aretz to acquire heaven and earth that is to say that although God created the heavens and earth it's not the same as saying that he actually acquires it that he's in control of it that it gives itself over to his reigning to his power Malkitzedek perhaps is shame perhaps that somebody who is a kind of sage for the elite staying away from society but Avraham Avinu wanted God's name to infuse society Hashem is Konesh Shamayim Va'aretz but before Hashem was Konesh Shamayim Va'aretz he was Koneh the Chokhmah he was Kanani of Chokhmah wisdom says God Kanani Reshit Darko before he took to acquire heaven and earth society, humanity he first acquired wisdom wisdom was the first plaything of God that which everything else is built upon and the philosophers of course discuss the idea of before existence and what that means and before time how can there be before if like many philosophers point out the idea that's in both Rapsadigon and the Rambam that in creating the world God created time if you accept that idea then you can't really talk about before but you can talk about before in the sense that philosophically speaking it is not just chronological before before the existence of the world but it is takes precedence logically wisdom is that which lays at the foundation of the earth it is also before the world because at some point God created the world but it's a problem about talking about before when perhaps God created time as well but leaving out the philosophical question about the creation of time what we're saying is God always existed before he created the world that everyone agrees and God takes wisdom as a basic approach to the world and the world is based upon this foundational concept of wisdom it is built by it and it is supposed to mirror it and that's how the Medrash Rabbah in the very first Medrash at the beginning of the Breshit Rabbah develops this piece the Torah, as it says later on the word Ammon, 
understanding Amman not just as a nurse but as an artist, as an architect an umman that God looked into the Torah to create the world and understood philosophically on the most basic level that means that the wisdom of the Torah ethical wisdom, spiritual wisdom is the foundational principle of existence both scientific and social let's take a look at how this words itself way out into the Pesukim Hashem kanani reshid dako kedem ifalav me'az before everything he did from always me'olam nisachti merosh mekad me'aretz I always was set up from the beginning, before, at the head, before the earth. And these three Psukim are now going to speak particularly about the earth and the depths. And then we'll get to man. Before the depths of the waters, of the depths underneath the earth, and before the mountains. And then Pasuk Kavav, the Mephoshim explained, is connected to Adam. Ad lo asa eretz v'chutzot v'rosh afrot tevel. Rosh afrot tevel seems to be Adam Rishon, the head of the dust, dusts of the world. Man. Ad lo asa eretz v'chutzot. What is the difference between eretz v'chutzot? Eretz is land. And what's chutzot? Chutzot usually is the areas outside the city. One can understand that the difference is Eretz is earth in its natural state. And Chutzot are those areas where human beings create society. Eretz the Chutzot. The Rosh Afrot Tevel is man. Before society was created, the possibility of human life, it is all based on these principles of wisdom. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. The first word, note, the first word of all these three psukim that are coming up. The first word here is, when he prepared, when he prepared the heavens, there I was. When he set a compass on the face of the depths. When he strengthened, when he strengthened, tightened, the heavens above, Ba'azoz inotohom, when he strengthened the springs of the depths. So first it is to prepare, then it is to strengthen. These are the levels of creation. First the idea of preparation, then to set things strong. And then the third level of creation, perhaps in very obvious ways, in ways that we or more aware of it's the closest one to the idea of wisdom. When he set the sea its limit, and waters will not go beyond his mouth. In other words, what he decrees. When he made laws, a chok of the foundations, the mostay aretz The three stages of preparation, strengthening, and then setting limits. Shamal olamodai, shindal dyut. Setting limits on the world, whether waters or earth. And now, the last two psukim, they're very deep. I'm going to give a particular angle on it. I think this angle represents quite a bit of mystical philosophy. 
but also a rationalist philosophy, the kind of mystical philosophy it represents, perhaps could be seen in books like Nefshachai. And I was to him an Amon. And the first Medrash at the beginning of Breshit, Rabbi tries to struggle with what this word might mean. Amon, like Vayi Omenet seems to be a nurse, or someone who adopts, takes care of, perhaps some kind of teacher, bringing up a child. But Amon can also mean like Oman, an artist, or an architect. The Torah was for Hashem this kind of nurse, of existence. Wisdom is the nurse of existence. And now we move into another phase, which is the ending of this piece. And I was Shashuim. Shashuim is something pleasant to play with, something delightful, a plaything, something delightful. Yom Yom. Chazal mentioned Yom Yom, day, day, daily, daily. What days are we talking about? These are the 2,000 years before the giving of the Torah, before Abraham, before the beginning of the Jewish people when Hashem was keeping revelation to Himself, giving society the chance to develop itself, but He was keeping revelation for Himself. He wasn't going to let it forth yet. Society perhaps wasn't ready. A day of God is a thousand years. That's what we say. In those 2,000 years, the Torah was simply delightful for God. Wisdom was delightful for God. I would like to suggest, though, that this connects still to the end of this phrase with the last four words, I was playing in front of him all the time. And what does it mean the Torah was playing in front of him all the time? Perhaps just in the heavenly spheres, playing before God. But perhaps it can be understood also in a practical way. The Torah was playing in the earth. Hashem kept revelation for himself, but he was letting society play things out. In English, you have the possibility of saying to play things out. Society was playing it out, was playing in front of him. The ideas were playing themselves out in reality. For the first 2,000 years, though, they weren't playing themselves directly out in reality. They were playing before God. And society was left to develop without revelation. And often people made terrible mistakes and there was a flood and there was Migdal Bavel. But sometimes beautiful things came as well. The Torah was playing before God. Revelation was kept in the heavenly spheres and it was only playing out to a degree in reality. All the time that it was playing before God. But then there's the period when it plays in reality. It plays things out like a play in reality. And that is the time that the Torah speaks about, where we have the stories of the Torah from, when revelation and nevuah come into reality. <laughs> Playing in the real world, in the earth. Then the Torah was playing in the earth. The Shashu'ai et B'nei Adam is the final stage and the end of the poem. In my delightfulness, being a plaything for human beings. Let's work backwards. What does it mean, Shashu'ai et B'nei Adam? This is clearly a chiasm. Shashu'im yom yom, Mesachekit b'nei Adam, and Shashu'ai et B'nei Adam. So what is the final stage, the Shashu'ai et B'nei Adam? The Torah is our plaything, is our delight. That's what we're trying to do right now, to enjoy the Torah. The Torah has to be something you enjoy. It's part of Mitzvah Torah. 
like Rabbi Avraham in Ahasas and many others the beginning of the Gretal to a degree as well the Torah has to be something we enjoy has to play a plaything for human beings and that is the present state of the Torah now that we no longer have direct revelation and the stories of our lives are not written down in the Torah but wisdom has become something which has been certified and put together clearly in books and in the form of knowledge that we can then study spiritual wisdom but before this stage there was a previous stage and that was Mesacheket playing in Hashem's world I would suggest that Mesacheket is relating to those years where the Chumash perhaps also Nevi'im and Ketuvim to a degree but particularly the Chumash is brought into reality what happened at that time? why are the stories of the people in the Chumash so central to Torah more than our own stories? the impression you get is Hashem was withholding wisdoms coming into the world en masse in a group and then when the time came he let it play itself out in reality in the time of Abraham Avinu and Moshe Rabbeinu and when he lets it play itself out in reality through Nevoah and through the revelation of Matan Torah the stories of the people living that also become the Torah and we learn guidance in how to live our lives by seeing how this great strong providence in their lives played itself out and then the Torah was playing in the world and what we have from that are two things which is what the Torah is made up of halachot, mitzvot and stories and as the Zohar tells us and the mystics will tell us the stories are not only supposed to be understood on face value but as deep ideas dressed up in physical reality and as mystics will tell you even the Torah, even the mitzvot are a development of the wisdom of above in our physical reality in our society sociological setting had human beings been different the Torah would have to be different the Torah which precedes the world is not necessarily the mitzvah of this and the mitzvah of that but rather the chokhmah shel ma'ala that Chazal talk about in the Medjah Shabbat the chokhmah shel ma'ala which has a relationship to the Torah of this world like the relationship of Olam Abba in Shabbat that the Torah is simply me'en chokhmah shel ma'ala it is an aspect of that it is bringing it out in this world it is completely obligatory to us in this world we have to keep it however the Torah which is an obligation for us in this world is the translation of a wisdom that preceded existence that has to play itself out in reality and then becomes a plaything for human beings in order to develop us the best way we can come close to God is by having the translation into our reality of the wisdom that God had before the world before the world existed God had this wisdom set this wisdom is the basis of the world it's not that the mitzvah not to steal comes onto the sociological setting and the natural world where we have desires and we have objects but rather in the inverse God created the world with the aims of wisdom as a foundational setting and that's why the Torah responds to those things and then the Torah we have in our world is the translation into reality through both command and story of ethical values and spiritual concepts 
that exist in this fundamental chokmas that precedes the earth and the world and the whole of creation. And once it plays itself out in reality, it then becomes a delightful plaything for human beings. In the next shiur, we continue to discuss the concept of wisdom and how that wisdom is in connection with the world. Shabbat Shalom. Take care.